Today's episode of Tales of the Voidfarer is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you're going to get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and be immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to tell them Tales of the Voidfarer sent you. Previously on Tales of the Void Vera. It's almost like her perception is being altered around the presence of these mind flayers. Cyrus, do you have any input on this? This is very bizarre behavior. How's Webby? How's Greycoon? How are they all doing? Fine, but word's getting out about Crotspace. Not just from the Salvagers Guild. Merchants are coming out to Crotspace? I've made contact with some of my people to see what information they have of the Pirates of Gith. It's because I mentioned the Pirates of Gith. You seemed concerned with them. Battlebot? I learned the spell Sending, and I quickly realized I could contact my friend back on Toral, Tana, but she's probably far better off without me. banter gonna be nicholas i don't know we got it all out before we started i know (laughs) (laughs) i mean by the time this episode comes out it'll be long after the ennies voting is done but this is the first time we've recorded since that news came out (laughs) yeah so um thank you all for making us a gold winner at the ennies (laughs) now fiona at the time that this episode comes out gen con is like Next week, I think. Wow. If I did the math right. When is uh, Gen? No, 17th. actually, this will be yeah, the week. It's a couple weeks. <laughs> this will be the week after, after Gen Con. So, yes, thank you for everybody who helped <laughs> giving us a gold any. <laughs> this, is <good. laughs> this is real presumptuous. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all because of you time travelers that listened to this episode, went back, and voted for us. So, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yep. I'm honestly still blown away that we got nominated. Like, does this mean our podcast is good? Oh, no. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. I had a dream <laughs> about the Ennies voting last night, actually. I dreamt oh, that yeah. we didn't win, but we had like the highest percentage of people ranking us like first. So they had us go on like Jeopardy. Um, to talk about to talk about tabletop games, and you all like voted me to be the one to do it, and I'm like, I really don't want to, and you're like, no, you have to do it. Weird. What a weird, weird dream. I know. Well, now you have to. If this if this really does come to fruition, yeah. you are voted in. Now we know Fiona's like deepest fear is being forced to go on Jeopardy <laughs> against. Well, her will. see. I, I was varsity captain of Quiz Bowl in high school, so Ooh. I think that that's, that's what, like, 
made my brain do that. Um, but I am fully retired from that life. <laughs> the idea that everybody else has to try out for Jeopardy, but you just get in and they get just fucking smoked. <laughs> they let just me. destroyed at Jeopardy. That's very fun to me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, um, are we ready to wrap up this chapter? Yeah. Unless you want me to talk more about the weird dreams I've had, because I will do that. <laughs> I, that sounds like a different <laughs> podcast. That sounds like people should subscribe to our $7 tier on Patreon and listen to our Patreon exclusive show derailed off the rails, because that's that kind of content. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what dreams I've had. <laughs> what a clever little plug there yeah rolled right into it <laughs> nicely done all right so let's jump back in <laughs> a few days have passed since the exciting 12 hours or so where turns out there was a doppelganger hiding amongst the crew of the voidfarer in pretty short order orella performs a funeral ceremony for ormond and Fenella. And the crew is released to go about their business for the remainder of the journey. It'll still be about seven to ten days before you arrive at the pragmatic order of thoughts stronghold that they are settling in the Den of a Thousand Dragons, which is the name of the planet. So you have that time to do what you like. So what is it that the three of you guys are doing? Well, I think that Ravnus wants to talk to Ezerath. Ezerath has been pointedly avoiding you for the last few days. Mm. All right. So then Ravnus is going to try to manipulate a situation so that she has to she has to talk <laughs> to her. Um, what, what does Ravnus do then? That's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> so here's a question. How much is Scriv like Ravnus? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what is this? The Sims? <laughs> yeah, check, uh, check my uh, like relationship score. See if it's up. Right. I, know, I need to know how many hearts I have with Skiff right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I give him a, pom- a pomegranate. It's his, uh, it's his favorite gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think Scriv likes you just fine, although you're not sure that Scriv dislikes anyone on the crew. All right. So I think that what Ravnus is going to do is um, she's going to have um, Scriv tell Ezerath that she's needed for something and then like sort of like, oh, it's just in here and then quick like close the door behind her and it's just like Ravnus in the room. Okay. Um, you, <laughs> you tell this to Scriv and Scriv's like, what is she needed for in case she asks for elaboration? Whatever you think sounds like something Ezerath would be needed for. But is she actually needed for something? Well, I need to talk to her, but you can't tell her that, or else she's not going to go with you. Scriv pauses for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, his eyes like flicker like he's blinking, and he looks back at you and says, But if I cannot tell her that she is required to come speak to you, but that I am to tell her that she is required to come do something, then what am I to tell her? Um, tell her, tell her that Val needs her or something. I don't know. Oh, the captain requires her presence? I was unaware of this. Yes. You get the impression Scriv doesn't understand that you're asking him to lie. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, Ravnus is just going to nod and say, Yeah, uh, Val told me to tell her, but she can't know that I'm involved. That's important. Make a deception check. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm not good at this. <laughs> we know. <laughs> that's what oh, makes that's it fun. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's a 13 plus one is 14. I am confused by these circumstances, but I can relay that information. All right. Thank you. And he trumps off. <laughs> yeah. Some time passes and Ezerath does come by. Um. Yeah. Ravna sort of like tries to hide out of sight until Ezerath is there. And when Ezerath shows up, she sort of like comes out of hiding and she says, Surprise. Happy birthday. Oh, sorry. I thought we were doing a birthday thing. Look, <laughs> <laughs> Peek, what are you doing? <laughs> Please make me a stealth check. <laughs> oh, damn it. Um, that is nine plus three is 12. Okay. And what room did we say this was? Um, we didn't. I was sort of imagining that it was kind of like, God, let me look at the map. Um, uh, somewhere sort of like out of the way, maybe in the cargo even. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So you kind of like hide amongst cargo crates. <laughs> yeah. And after a while, you see Ezerath come down the stairs and look around kind of confusedly. And then Ravnus pops out. I need to talk to you. Ezerath startles slightly and like drops into an immediate like stance <laughs> with her fists <laughs> clenched. And then she immediately drops them and looks annoyed um and make an insight check <laughs> all right annoyed and slightly aroused no um, <laughs> uh insight is plus nothing so that's a 13 13 um yeah she looks annoyed and maybe a little embarrassed <laughs> what do you want i just want to know why why you know what she rolls her eyes. Look, it if something happened to you, I wouldn't be able to get the answers that I'm looking for. That's it. Mm, insight check that. You can make an insight <laughs> check. <laughs> um, that sounds like a lie. That is a 19. A 19. You're pretty sure that's not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still think that sort of answers Ravnus's question, though. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so she says, "Well, no matter what it was, I'm I'm glad that you did. So, thank you." She looks uncomfortable, and she says, "Like I said, I need to get my answers." Yeah. And she she goes to head back up the stairs to the upper deck. Ravnus lets her. She said what she wanted to. And <laughs> Ravnus can almost feel the tension in the air alleviate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of tension? I won't say. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the good kind. We joked this into existence. <laughs> That's what happens. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't joke about <laughs> stuff because then it just happens. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Marco and Luckbeak. Um, I think for Marco, 
Um, Marco has actually been, ever since the kind of confrontation with the doppelganger, Marco has been exceptionally cold and distant ever since he was healed afterwards and has just kind of been very reclusive. Cold and distant to kind of everybody or um, to, to one Doar in particular? <laughs> he is particularly like, he is particularly cold to Luckbeak, not really wanting to have conversations. To everyone else, he's kind of... Yeah, like, I mean, he'll say hi and whatnot, but he kind of just seems to constantly want to be alone. Yep. But particularly for Luckbeak, he is not happy. And I'm sure after a handful of days, that isn't lost on Luckbeak by now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Then I'll go, I, I will confront Marco about it. Sure. Let's see, where do you want to have this scene, Marco? I guess I would knock on your door. You mean on like the flap of my? Uh, oh God bunk? damn it! Why do I always <laughs> imagine this? Like we always have cabins. Let's, uh, no. uh, Where are you uh, during the day mostly? Are you like up on deck or? Yeah, I think actually up on deck would probably be where I'd typically go to like do stuff and like work. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, probably near like the bow of the ship. Okay. <laughs> I'm real tempted just to go to Scriv and say, "Hey." Hey, tell Marco that, like, the captain <laughs> needs him. No, I won't do that, though. Um, <laughs> poor Scrib. <laughs> uh, okay, um, I'm going to... Uh, what are you doing when you're up on deck? Um, I think that whenever you would find me, I would probably be... Um, probably taking notes, like, looking off towards, like, the front of the ship, just kind of lost in thought. Okay. Uh, I'm going to... Um, Gotta keep it cash. Uh, so I'm gonna like pretend like I am. Uh, I'm gonna g- grab a, a grab a, a mop out of um uh I don't know Kale's hands as I pass him, and I'm just gonna start swabbing the deck uh, as I move forward. And uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, it's a uh, it's a real pretty uh, pretty day, huh? Uh, yes, very. It's the stars are quite shining today. Can I help you with something? No, no, just uh, you know, make an idle chit chat conversation. Is that all right? Yeah, I um, he kind of just like looks down and says, "I thought that you were no longer doing the uh, cleaning duties." Well, thought you were a what gunman? Is that what they're called? Rigger? No, well, I, I, I'm a gunner. Yeah, a all gunner. Right. All right, fine. You caught me. Look at you, little detective. I like it. Uh, and he just puts them up, uh, <laughs> throws it to the side, uh, and he says, um, "All right, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a detective myself. Yeah, I, I mean, I solved the case of the the doppelganger on the ship. So, were you ever going to tell us your name's Flapwing, if that's actually even your name? Okay, that's what this is about. I thought I maybe like said something. I oh, made part of it. Okay, all right." Why does it matter? At the end of the day, what I'm concerned about is trust, Luckbeak, because for the longest time, you were like my only friend. I mean, aside from Hannah, you were my only friend out here. All right. <laughs> I find out that your name is Flapwing from your well-meaning friend Merrick, which still makes me wonder, am I just Merrick? Am I a goon that you kind of use to your own ends? And then I started to think of your little failed relationship with the suzerain that ended with two people dead i almost died i would have been casualty three if it weren't for merrick and val 
you apparently had a name in the past. Your relationship with Merrick, I don't even know what's going on there, but... After almost dying for... No fucking reason. So, I'm sitting here wondering... You know, how much can I really trust you? So, you want to call me on the suzerain thing, Marco? That's fine. I mean, that was not the brightest thing in the world, but I also was kind of conscripted into it. It wasn't really my choice. I mean, they they caught me at a weak moment and, and had ammunition they could use against me, and, and then I, you know, just got caught up. And, you know, it is what it is, whatever. Now, the flapwing thing, near as I can tell, that ain't none of your business, Marco, and I'm saying that as a friend. If your friend tells you their name's Luckbeak, then what does it matter if I used to be Flapwing or... I mean, what business is it yours? Well, the problem that I have... Well, how about this? What did you and Merrick do beforehand? We were thieves, Marco. We stole stuff. I mean, art and artifacts and, you know, all sorts of stuff. You know, just a little more than common, a little less than, you know, professional, but that was what we did. Can you safely say to me that if you ever, you and Merrick ever ended up in trouble, that you wouldn't have tossed Merrick aside at the nearest convenience? Hell no. Marco, man, I mean, this this is going to sound like a drag, but it ain't no drag, but he ain't my Hannah. I mean, I, I thought about him every day that I was away. I mean, I, I was hoping that if, <laughs> I was hoping I would see him again. And God, I mean, we were luck brought us back together. This is fantastic. Now, now I, I know you know you you Hannah is is you know an entirely different thing, but you know no, I I didn't choose to leave, and if I had a way, if I had magic, I would have been sending him messages every day. Yeah, get him. Um, <laughs> Marco just looks irritated at that point. It's just like. So you're just going to deflect to my own problems and my own failings in life to try to assuage any blame, any potential wrongdoing? Marco, I, I know what I did with Hannah. I know that I left Hannah behind, and I came off in this great adventure, and I tried to reach out. Now at this point, I often wonder whether or not I even am doing the right thing. I could contact her if I want to, but she's probably doing amazing she was an amazing individual doing her own thing she found out i was alive what if she gave all that away i couldn't live with myself knowing that i ruined her life Ugh. marco you ain't that special and, 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 and now listen i'm saying this with full affection <laughs> but if hannah throws her life away for you well that's her goddamn choice bud and you keeping that information from her, thinking, oh, I'm going to keep her safe and keep her protected. Well, that's just like, I don't know. See, I, I really love the fact that you just tried to deflect all of this onto Hannah to make this a me problem whenever we're talking about the problems that you had. Two people are dead because of your decision, and the fact of the matter is you still worked with the suzerain. Okay. I could have been dead. I was seconds from death. Ormond and Fenella are dead. That ain't and I'm not saying that you are guilty here, but you're not exactly innocent either. That ain't because of me. They weren't on this ship because of me. I didn't invite them here, and I didn't want them here. And they didn't have no luck in getting me to do anything. You understand that? And how about this, Marco? How about I told him, I told that shapeshifter, that if killing Val meant saving you, that's something I would have happily done. 
That hold any weight for you? Huh? Marco just looks kind of like, I guess like the, the term would probably be like upset, angry, sad. He There's a multitude of emotions going through right now. It means something. Yeah. All right. I mean, whatever. I'm already a liar and, and, there, and there ain't nothing I can do to prove that that, that was said and that that's what I did and whatever. This is just, it, it was it was a mistake to come out here and, and, and try to talk. Maybe we should just both cool off and uh, I, I didn't mean to imply you were no misogynist or nothing. Whatever. Let's cool off. Good idea. Enjoy your work. Yeah. I walked back downstairs. Yeah, Marco just turns around and just keeps writing. Um, Luckbeak, you going off to do anything else or? Yeah, um, maybe not the same, like, breath, but at some point I am going to go to Val and, um, okay. and have a conversation with her. Sure. So, um, yeah, at some point in this, like, loose week to ten day period, uh, you make a point to swing by Val's cabin. Uh, cool. Uh, I swing by her cabin, I knock on her door, because she has a door. Yes, she does have a door. (laughs) (laughs) Come in! I reach up for the doorknob like a toddler, and turn it, and, uh, push the door open. Hey, Val, uh, hey. Luckbeak? How can I help you? Well... I mean, uh, so what do you want to do here about all this? What do you mean? Like, like, I mean, Val, it's been, you're driving me crazy, Val. It's been like six days and you ain't like called me to your office and you ain't, you know, told me nothing. Like, I mean, I I had that, I had that sending stone. So like, what's my punishment? Like, what do I, what do I get? You relinquish the sending stone to me. Explain to me the situation. What exactly am I supposed to be punishing you for? I don't know. I just, I mean, I feel like a... I don't know, Val. Do y'all still trust me? That's a stupid question. I know. She thinks about that for a moment, and she says, The way I see it, every single person on this crew has their secrets, has their pasts. And not all of it is savory, and a lot of it comes with baggage. I'll be the first to admit, as you know, (laughs) sometimes our past can be complicated. What matters is that we do the right thing in the moment. The way I see it, in the moment, you explain to me the situation. You handed over this stone in which the suzerain was contacting you, and... While it might not have been the prettiest venture, we eventually sussed out the murderer. Yeah, <laughs> sussed out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and while I would have liked to apprehend her and see that she was punished for the lives that she took, the blood that she spilt upon my ship, at the very least, she's not here anymore. And we can deal with retribution or whatever you want to call it should we get the opportunity down the line. All right. Um, okay. I, uh, I mean, thanks, I guess. Uh, I'm happy to know that I'm still in good graces here. Um, I appreciate it. She'll nod and she'll say, as you're, like, getting ready to leave, you and your companions, Marco and Ravnus, I think are going to be important to this crew 
and to, I guess, my interests. You're the ones who seem to be most closely involved with everything that pertains to what happened to my dad. Somehow. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, but I guess, I guess if I want your help in getting my answers, I guess I have to trust you in return. Yeah, okay. You're still willing to help with that, right? Yeah, of course I am. I mean, I, I, it's at least I owe you. All right, then. Then the way I see it, we're square. For now, at least. All right. All right. Thanks, Val. She'll, she'll nod and continue going back to looking over her notes and ledgers. Key. Ravnus is actually going to go looking for Merrick. Okay. You could find him pretty easily. We'll say right now he's like between his duties. He's currently in the mess. Yeah, she's going to go and um, sorry, sit down at the table across from him. And uh, she's going to say, um, I need to know something. Uh, okay. What does Luckbeak, you know, like? <laughs> he immediately like relaxes <laughs> I'm sorry what what does luck be like uh like as just int- like like to eat or just in- what I'm I'm th- I'm sorry in- this was totally a different interaction than what I was expecting when you in in general okay what does luck be like Luckbeak likes, you know, getting, uh, <laughs> he, he seems like he was going to say something and then he stopped himself and he goes, Luckbeak likes, you know, having fun and eating fruit and, you know, accomplishing his goals, uh, <laughs> which by now, Ravnus, you could probably easily decode that to you know, getting big scores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, Saker, you tell me, what else does Merrick know that Luckbeak likes? That What would Merrick say here in um, addition to those things? Yeah, let's see. Uh, he knows that Luckbeak likes, um, f- let's see, fruit and fun. Uh, that Luckbeak fun. Uh, likes the... Uh, specifically the works of the lesser-known artist uh, Depargie. Um, he likes... The works of the lesser-known artist, whatever Saker said. <laughs> uh, he loves bodice rippers. He uh, confessed that to Merrick <laughs> once uh, while very drunk. Um, <laughs> oh, he likes the raunchy books? Oh, he probably wouldn't want me to say, you th- say that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he very much likes... Um, Wood carvings, like scrimshaw and wood carvings and all sorts of stuff like that. Oh, and he, he loves wood carvings and, and crafts like that stuff. Okay, so did he did he say the bodice rippers part? Yes, he did. He did. Okay. Yeah, okay. he did. <laughs> and then uh, she says, thanks. And she, uh, she gets up and uh, leaves Merrick um, by himself. M- Merrick kind of glances over to where uh, Happy Wins is sitting, not not far away at another table. Like, I don't know what that was, but my heart's going a mile a minute, and I really <laughs> thought she was coming here to yell at me. <laughs> she might change her mind still. Um, so I think that 
what Ravnus is is going to do next um, is she is is she is going to um, spend the next couple days like using does she have like a dagger i think she 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 takes a dagger out of uh out of the armory and she spends the next couple days um trying to make a little wood carving of Luckbeak with like a piece of wood that she found (laughs) and Uh, she's going to try to do this as secretly as she can make a performance or uh just a straight dex check okay Mm, i'm going to do dexterity (laughs) <laughs> natural okay. one. Oh no <laughs> uh, um, i can't ravenous tries so hard to do nice things you made it never <laughs> i love that it's become a trope that it like always backfires <laughs> i know i love oh, you made God, an damn. absolutely perfect carving of merrick like you just forgot what you were doing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no and it's and it has blood stains on it because she's nicked her fingers several times <laughs> oh my god this is going this is going oh to look extremely Christ. ominous yeah so like what i imagine i will t- i will tell you what she was going to do which, uh-huh. <laughs> which is to put the wood carving in like Luckbeak's bed with a note that said i'm sorry oh, that's and that's so going to look so <laughs> scary <laughs> My okay, God. so I mean, it's up to Ravnus to decide if she's happy with her work, <laughs> as we described it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what did it end up looking like? Just like bad, or is it, it, it just like covered in it, blood? Nothing. It, no, no, no. It it it's definitely a figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's debatable if it's a doa or not. Okay. It's definitely a a, a little like two legged, two armed small proportioned figure mm-hmm. uh, but it does have blood stains on it in a couple places and it may look like a halfling from one angle sort of a doar from another angle and like a dwarf from a third angle depending on what okay. angle he happens to view it from <laughs> would there be anywhere on the ship that she could get some paint yeah okay i um, think Brohane's that workshop probably yeah, I think that's that. That's going to be her next step is to try to paint it to like hide the blood stains. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think that she's like a little bit giving up on making it, uh, making it a doar, and just at this point decided to make it like a humanoid. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So Brohane, uh, actually, Brohane's not there, but Laney is, and um, and she will uh, give you some paints. You don't have like a huge range of colors, but you have enough to like do some stuff with. Um, yeah, yeah. She's just trying like pants, shirt, hair, that sort of thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and make me another dex check. Oh God, that's better. That is um, seventeen. Fourteen plus three. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't look half bad. It does definitely like you've given up on making it look like a doar. Mm-hmm. Um, which with the paint you probably could have done okay, you know, which is like black and white paint. But uh, going with more of like the the humanoid look, like you you like <laughs> add hair and like clothes and stuff, so it looks like 
a little like halfling or you know i guess it does kind of look like merrick but there isn't really, like really any defining features yeah <laughs> yeah she's she's i think now a little bit frustrated that she could have gone with the zoar thing but like psyched herself out and she, <laughs> then she's just like whatever and she puts it in like beak's bed with the uh with the i'm sorry note okay and she does sign her name at the bottom all right um so Marco, while you are just kind of like sitting and perusing your notes, um, kind of just killing time off on your own, continuing to like brood and be distant, <laughs> which is, I have to point out, super like uncharacteristic for Marco. So like me several of the crew is concerned. <laughs> right. Um, but you hear a voice in your head. Oh. Oh, sorry. I've been quiet for the last 10 minutes or so i've been doing research well if you can call it research it's kind of more of a delving into the deeper recesses of my subconscious that i've managed to retain while captive here in the ring but i've made some um i guess hypotheses about the current situation um this is cyrus who you have not heard from yeah in like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing I'd say is afterwards, like, can I like jostled awake for a second? Like, what the? Oh, oh, it's Cyrus. Um, I think Marco's going to like compose himself again and then just, I guess, project into the ring. Cy, um, you're going to be a little more specific on what you've been hypothesizing. Well, There's a lot that's happened. We, you had just asked me about the the mind flare situation oh. and why you couldn't perceive them oh oh and oh, i thought oh, that oh. was very interesting and i kind of decided to being an expert in uh aberrations decided to comb through what subconscious and what memories that i have with me here um to do i guess the best equivalent that i can do of research given my current predicament why what did i miss oh it's um um doppelganger assassin and a couple of other things that listen i'll i'll, I'll, I'll in the I'll, last I'll, 10 minutes no it's been like a week oh by the gods every time i stop paying attention to what's going on in the outside world i feel like i blink and a bunch of time passes i you know considering how long you've been in that ring that's probably a good thing um but um oh goodness this yeah no, this is big this is so ab studying aberrations Figuring out what's going on. So, correct me if I'm mistaken, but you witnessed four, well, three Elithid Nautiloids and an Elithid Dreadnought obliterate the giant mutant Neothalid back on Vizier, and no one else could witness it or recall those events as they happened. That is correct. They thought that they saw, instead of Nautiloids, GIF ships and that the destruction of the mutated nautiloid came from their own barrage of cannons. Correct. So their recollection of the events were replaced by a unlikely but plausible explanation that completely eliminates the elithids from the scenario. Yes, that is correct. And if I observe correctly, um, pressing on the presence of ships did confirm that Others now were called those ships, but attributed them to belonging to Gif instead of Elithids. Yes, correct. It, it shaped their perception of what the ships were. 
perfect. And then even talking about these events don't seem to be perceived correctly. That is also correct. Anytime we've tried to bring it up with anyone except for you, they have either been perceived as GIF or they have been perceived as not even existing. Right. And actually, I think the only reason that is not affecting me is because it's not affecting you. And my perception of the outside world is tied to your own, as you are the bearer of my ring. That would make logical sense. Yes. That, yes. Okay. Why you and your companions are not affected by this, I don't know. But what I think is happening is very concerning. Oh, um, I, I figured as much myself. I mean, the idea of Nautiloids being able to just disguise themselves and not even remain in someone's consciousness is... It, it's, it's dangerous, at, at, at the least, but, um... No, please, continue. Yes, what is actually happening is I don't believe the Nautiloids themselves are disguising themselves at all. It's just that people's perceptions are being altered to explain them away or explain away them seeing anything. Um, it's sort of the same effects of a modify memory spell, but it's acting responsively in the moment. People's reaction times vary anyway. It always takes a microsecond between encountering stimuli and being able to process it in your mind. And what is happening here is happening in that time frame. Yes, I thought something similar to a modified memory could be it. I... This isn't entirely unprecedented when it comes to aberrations. The Balhanoth, if you recall, was the creature that Captain Rainslade depicted in the statue, is a creature that uses its psionics to affect the perceptions of those it wishes to be prey, using it to trick people into wandering deeper within its caverns. This would be a similar concept, but on a far grander scale. To be on that scale and to affect so many people, it's... I don't... I don't even think I've met a magical creature that could even reach that level. That's... Nor have I. And the fact that it's happening here is terrifying. Whatever is doing this is simultaneously in the minds of literally everyone... In I, who knows what range, but it's masking the movements of elithids to the point where most people don't even think that they're active in this system at all. And that makes me wonder what they are doing. It's a good question. It's And the fact that they have access to this, this powerful magic somehow to e completely erase people's perceptions of their activities... This is beyond anything that I've ever encountered, and I spent hundreds of years specializing in the defense against aberrations of the Kratorian Empire. The... I don't... Well, my first thought is that maybe the connection the three of us had is shielding us, and it has to do something with Gith Zerai, but even Ezerath was also affected, so maybe it's something to do with the ritual, but then I guess the first thing I... Go ahead. You, you obviously can't see Cyrus, but you almost innately can, like, get the vibe that he's, like, nodding along. <laughs> yeah, that makes, like, as now we're, like, sitting together, like... Uh, in, in Marco's mind palace. <laughs> I just found out what a mind palace is and what that's from, so, like... <laughs> Tanner's just like, I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I know that now. <laughs> yeah, Tanner, like a decade after the fact. <laughs> right. I know, I'm a weird nerd. Like, there are so many nerd things that I just completely miss, but things that I latched onto. It's it's very specific. Um, but regardless, uh, 
Marco is then going to say, I mean, I guess the first thing that came into my mind would be an aberration. I mean, like, the Elder Brain is usually the hive mind that is that is illithids, so it would have to maybe a larger Elder Brain, but the idea of that is just ludicrous. Yes. Um, I mean, that would make a lot of sense, but you're right. The scale is well beyond the capabilities of an Elder Brain. Oh. But something definitely very disturbing is happening. Cyrus was... I remember we were talking about the library. That yes. That could have this information. Is there anywhere else on... In the, in, in the whole... Galaxy that could even possibly... Like, help us with this? Or do we need to get to that library? Well, that library is probably the best case scenario. It, it not only is the repository of all of the Kratorian knowledge, but it's also where... My order's records and notes on combating aberrations is located. Oh, man, I need to talk to Ravnus and Luckbeak about this. And Oh, my. Uh, at that point, like, Marco kind of puts his hands in his, in his face and just kind of says, Oh, well, shit. Cyrus, I've got to do something real quick, not just for you and I, but also for to, to right a wrong that I had made a little bit ago. I understand, but if you can convince the captain to take us to that library, I think. Yeah, that's the plan. I just got to get the only two people on board that can even possibly communicate with this knowledge. Yes. And one of which I had a disagreement with recently that I still don't quite understand and nor do I really get. Cyrus, people are weird. That is my experience as well. <laughs> Marco's going to stand up. He's going to go looking for Luckbeak. Okay. Luckbeak, what are you up to now? I'm seeking out my best friend in all the world, Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't fault you for that one. <laughs> I don't think Marco would get bodice rippers. <laughs> Gotta um, start a little book club. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Uh, you find Odyssey down where, you know, you were told he likes to hang out when he wants some private time to do some book reading. Okay, where was that? The, uh, the cargo? Down in the cargo yeah, hold. Okay. Cool. Um, hey, Odyssey. He jumps out of his skin <laughs> and scrambles and shoves something in his pack. Hey, man, it's, it's all right. You, what? you scared the shit it's out of me. It's all right. Which one is that, man? What? Which book? Oh. They told you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got the news. It's trifecta of trihorns. Mm-hmm. 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 I reach into uh, a pack that I carry with me, uh, and I pull out... Um, oh, goodness. What's the uh, what's the prequel to trifecta of trihorns? I think uh, <laughs> I pull out uh, a trio of Thrykreen. Which is uh, by the same author. Uh, they do a lot of like, uh, you know, Emma's for mm-hmm. murder sort of Sue Grafton sort of novels. Oh, that's a different series, but yeah, 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 yeah. Same author. Um, I say, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Uh, listen, you y- ain't alone. You ain't alone on this ship. Is that a first edition? Yeah. And I open it up mm. and uh, check out the book plate signed. What? Yeah. yeah. How did you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I ain't joking. <laughs> I mean, you could. It, wow. it was this whole thing where you could mail away for it, and uh, but yeah, anyway. Oh, 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 I heard about that. Yeah, yeah, I just never. Yeah. Well, that's super cool, though. You missed out. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Odyssey, 
I gotta ask you like three things. Okay. Um, I know we don't like we're not like buds, like we're not pals or nothing, and like we sort of barely know each other, even though we've been on the same ship for like a while now. Um, yeah, I feel like I was just a name on an Excel spreadsheet, you know, for a long time. Yeah, uh, we only had like one interaction, and just you, and, and it was really weird. Remember Johannes? <laughs> does he still exist? <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh, okay, all right, cool. Um, I say, <laughs> if they haven't been murdered on screen, they still exist. <laughs> I say, uh, listen though, but I, I got a couple questions. Number one. If I told you that the whole ship knew that you read those novels right now, would you still be doing it in the cargo bay? Uh, maybe sometimes. I mean, it don't look comfortable. You're like hunched against that box and like you got to use the little like pen light that you have. Like it don't look great. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. So if I told you everybody knows because they do, you still going to read them in here? I guess not, but I don't know. I just don't want to be judged. Who's going to judge you, bud? I don't, I don't know. There goes the horny tiefling. I've heard it all before. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess. That is sort of a... That is sort of a... It's because of the horns. I mean, they're not saying I, that you... I, I get okay, it. Okay, all right. I get just, it. He's horny. <laughs> I get it. All right. I just got it. I'm sorry. I got it like the first billion times. I got it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, well, here's here's the other thing, is that, like, I feel like in a lot of ways, me and you, like, this is this is real dumb, but, like, do you remember being controlled, like, mind-controlled? I, what? Like, that one- Mind-controlled? That one time when you passed me the- It dawns on you, Luckbeak, that that wasn't mind-control, it was just the doppelganger. Good lord, that was, like, chapter two or some shit, wasn't it? Sure was. Fuck. Okay, uh, I say, uh, oh, wait, you, holy shit, all right, <laughs> all right, well, let, let, let me let me reframe the question then, somebody else does something on your behalf, and you ain't had nothing to do with it, you feel any shame okay. for that? Is this like, this is all just like is hypothetical, it like a logic puzzle thing, yeah, well, or like... the doctor was his mother, but let's get past that now, oh, Right. All right. So, do you feel any shame, like if you done? If no, because roosters don't lay eggs. Wait, what? Uh, I mean, you're, you're <laughs> most of the way there. I guess they don't lay. An, like that's an af. Where I come from, that means something. All right, you're right. Rooster don't lay an egg. Do it. Oh. All right. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. All right. So, 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 I mean, like you wouldn't feel bad if you if somebody did something and they said they were you, but like, or, or somebody did something on your behalf, right? Like, ain't nobody got to feel bad. Well, no, I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They don't throw people in prison if they knew they were framed. Yeah. What kind of sense does that make? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. All right, Odyssey. Uh, uh, and I, I guess number three is, like, do you really, like, I mean, this sounds weird, but I feel like there's a lot of people on the ship I don't know. Like, would you care if I told you that my name wasn't Luckbeak? He thinks about that for a second. He goes, nah, not really. Huh. Is your name not Luckbeak? I gotta go find Marco. Because <laughs> if that's not your actual name, that's kind of a dumb name. 
Hey! I don't know why you would pick it. <laughs> Listen! <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but if it's not your real name, I'm just going to go for it. I, I, I turn around <laughs> and, like, point a finger at him, and I'm like, now nobody in this ship appreciates art the way I do. Luckbeak was a incredible collector. Luckbeak Humboldt had the best collection of art on this side of crowd space, and y'all are just, nobody on this ship, I was so terrified that somebody would be like, wait, you mean Luckbeak Humboldt, like the guy who has all of those, all, all those all those pieces? And I was gonna have to make up some bullshit, but, but nobody gives a shit. Luckbeak's a cool name, and he was a cool <laughs> dude, and I feel real bad for what I did. I gotta go find Marco. <laughs> I... Uh Okay, bye. <laughs> All right, I storm out. Hey, everyone. Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and benevolent god to the ants in my front yard. First off, we wanted to congratulate Asians Represent and the Letters Page of Sentinel Comics Podcast for their gold and silver wins, respectively, at the 2021 Annie Awards. Fiona and I made the drive out to Gen Con this weekend to attend the ceremony and had an awesome time. Thanks for listening to this finale of Chapter 5. That means the next episode will be another Voidfarer Uncharted, where we will discuss this past chapter and answer your questions. If you have any questions for Fiona, Saker, Tanner, Tom, or myself, be sure to send them our way on our social media or on the Project Derailed Discord server, and we will do our best to answer all of them on the show. Some fun announcements. The entire Project Derailed team and a bunch of our friends that you've heard as guests on this show and on Fables Around the Table will be at Con on the Cob. Con on the Cob is our weird little home con of sorts, and it's a blast every single year. And it'll be October 14th through the 17th in Richfield, Ohio. The Project Derailed crew will be there hosting several events, uh, the most exciting of which is the very first Voidfarer Live on Saturday at 4 o'clock. We'll have the entire cast, some special to be announced guests, and live musical accompaniment by our producer Tom. If you are 21 years of age or older, you can join the Project Derailed team Friday night for some chill vibes and sophisticated libations at Tom's Old Fashioned Gaming Lounge. And on Saturday, come party like a Moonhammer Dwarf at Project Derailed's Moonhammered Party Citadel. All the events are free with your con badge, so if you are in or within a reasonable distance of the greater Cleveland area, come out and see us. More information at cononthecob.com. If you are enjoying listening as much as we are enjoying playing, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over at the Project Derailed Patreon. Get access to Patreon-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and at the $7 tier, a whole extra podcast where we just chill and bullshit about whatever we want. <laughs> and we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to pitch in. You should give us a follow on our social media if you haven't already, at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there discussing tabletop RPGs, sharing memes, playing games, or, you know, just vibing. Head to projectderailed.com slash discord to join. 
This week, Fables Around the Table Super is taking a break and instead featuring a one-shot of the RPG currently on Kickstarter, Briar and Bramble. Voidfair producer Tom takes the GM seat to lead our friend Caitlin Camp, who played Opia in the Interludes episode, Fiona, and myself as forest critters in a fun woodland adventure. I may or may not be using the flock playbook and have to simultaneously roleplay several hundred European starlings, but check out that episode tomorrow, September 22nd. Theme song by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. Last but certainly not least, DB is a Scandinavian brand that makes backpacks and bags to help people on the move stay ready for anything. From the streets to the peaks, DB's gear is travel tested by some of the world's best athletes, adventurers, and creators. Over the past decade, DB has designed and developed, released, and refined the best bags in the market. With DB's patented hookup system, you are able to attach smaller products to your backpack, roller, or tote. As a forever DM who doesn't always necessarily play at home, a DB bag would be the perfect solution to haul all of my books to go play with my fellow vaccinated pals. So for that reason, we are teaming up with DB to exclusively offer our listeners 10% off your next purchase by using the code POD10 or going to the link in the show notes. DB, it's time to move on. Time to get going. Uncharted will land on Tuesday, October 5th. See you then. Luckbeak and Marco, I think you guys basically collide on the stairs. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Marco. Hey, I listen, was just, I just looking for you. Yeah, I mean, I mean me, me too. Me too. I, I mean, mean, you, I mean, you listen, go first. I, want, I came to apologize. I think I said some things that were mean and hurtful, and um, we can get into that in a bit, but um, I guess the, the starting point here is I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, me too. I mean, I came to apologize to you too, because it's kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> I mean, you're. If we joke about it enough, it'll come to life. <laughs> That's the one thing we've learned. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I I should have come clean sooner. I mean, point is, I was ashamed because I thought people would care that I killed somebody. But the more I think about it, y'all are like. I mean, not you, but like the rest of them are like pirates and like <laughs> I mean, they're like born killers. I mean, a lot of these people are like born with a knife in their hands. So what the hell am I so scared of? And I'm also sorry I said very hurtful things. These deaths, my potential death, that's not on you. And I guess I was angry. Um, on top of that... Um, you know, the name thing is is certainly there, but I mean, you've been a good friend to me, at least as far as I can kind of comprehend friendship since I've been out here, so, you know, you're like, I guess you would be the best friend that I have? I, I, oh. I appreciate that, bud. Like, it doesn't have to be the same way or anything, it's just like, why would I suddenly distrust you just because your name is different or because maybe you even made a mistake even a mistake under duress but you know that shouldn't reflect on you we all you're make mistakes in this world no you're 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 right though 
Hey, um, he holds out his flipper and he says, uh, it's nice to meet you. Um, I'm Flapwing. Flapwing Rockhopper. Nice to meet you, Flapwing Rockhopper. I'm Marco Astorio. And you notice his voice is different. Yeah, I kind of, like, that kind of takes me aback for a second. Um, and, like, yeah, I take the hand. I'm just like, it's, it's nice to meet you. I don't think I could pull off a ruse like that, so I'm still just Marco. Yeah, no, I, uh, I got it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect you to pull off a ruse like that. I, um... <laughs> That's a... I... I don't know. Uh, I, I I just I, I yeah. This was so. This was dumb. I should have been Flapwing from the jump, and um, I just kind of fell into the Luckbeak character. And I thought it would be weird. You know, when you get too deep into something, there's sort of the sunken cost fallacy, and you just okay. You get it. You know, I have to say I have to commend you for being able to keep up that voice for so long without breaking once. Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I I have sort of a a talent for it. Uh, I, I'm a purple cockatoo. See, like, I just did your voice. Wasn't that great? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I have kind of a talent for it. That's amazing. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah. But listen, um, that also being said, too, I'm not going to out you if you feel like you need to stay Luckbeak or anything. So I'll let that. That's on you whenever you're ready to reveal to me. No, yeah, I mean. It's like one of those things where, like, you know, did you ever have, like, a haircut growing up? And then, like, one day you had to, like, get all your hair, like, cut in a different way. And you were worried that nobody would like you anymore because, like, that was your thing. Like, you were the guy with the... This isn't making any sense. I just... Nobody ever liked me. Okay, Marco. That's... <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I, <laughs> you, you had friends. We know you had friends. Now you're just throwing yourself a pity party. Um, I, I just feel like the voice is a lot, and like it's part of my brand. <laughs> I feel like if I dropped it, it would be weird. That's fair. We've already got nominated for the Annie. Yeah, we can take some risks with <laughs> the, <laughs> of the show. Okay. Here's the thing, though. I'm excited to see how many times you accidentally slip into the Luckbeak voice. <laughs> <laughs> but I am an actor, Nick. I shall never do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. I say, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll think about it. But I, Marco, I really appreciate you just kind of accepting it for what it is and me for what I am. Of course. Um, I'm happy to do so. Um, I kind of have a... One, uh, one more kind of question or thing to bring up for you if you could lend me some advice. Yeah, of course. Um, this one, I, I know what you even said a moment ago, but I, I want you to understand that, like, whenever I say I don't, uh, like, I don't understand, like, I've had a hard time understanding how kind of friendship works throughout my life, and that's why it still doesn't logically make sense to me. Like, I'm still trying to parse it out. Like, what did I do with Hannah, why is this bad? Like, to the end of the day, I still think that it's odd that she even hang, you know, sp spent time with me. And like, I guess, I guess, like this entire time, I've been trying to understand how friends even work, like how this actually happens. But it's 
odd. Like I don't understand. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like no, I, I I get you, bud. And and here's here's the bottom line: is I've known people like you. I mean, people who are so smart that they sort of get inside their own heads, and uh, a lot of times they can't find their way out of it. Right? So like, I think a lot of times you're so in your own head, Marco. And again, not a drag. That it's hard for you to realize that other people have thoughts and feelings and stuff like that, right? So to you, I mean, you're a constant in your life, right? You know that you're doing okay and that you are thriving up here on the Void Fair. And, you know, and you have this conceptualization of, of Hannah in your head and she's doing fine. But for her, bud, you disappeared one day and you were never heard from again. I mean, if you put yourself in her situation, that's rough, right? Yeah, I I thought about that before. I mean, I, I, I did try to, to contact her before I left, but it always just seemed like at the end of the day, she would just say, well, that was a good friend that I had, you know. Hey, but bye. maybe she would. But that's not your decision to make. That's what I was trying to tell you earlier. She's a fully realized human being with her own thoughts and her own feelings. And, you know, she deserves the respect that, you know, we all give you. And, you know, she she deserves to know where you are. And at that point, if she wants to say, fuck off, you abandoned me for a year, that totally tracks and makes sense. But maybe she'll say, I really missed you, Marco. And that's decision to make so I should contact her regardless because it in case she actually does care and even if she doesn't at least she knows yeah yeah she she deserves to know Marco um okay. he kind of sits for a second you see his eyes kind of glaze over as if he's like doing some equation in his mind that makes sense oh that does good, make sense good all right, I'm glad you ran yeah. the numbers on it. <laughs> th- th- thank you, friend. You're you're welcome, bud. I think Marco's just gonna hug him. Aw, uh, I ship it. Yeah, he hugs back. Y'all can't have a this platonic what... friendship in this game, can you? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we live in a post-Tumblr world. <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs> I will say, I, I like the luck beak and Marco friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my own ships. Don't worry on who Marco would ever think of. Uh-huh. But yeah, luck beak is just best friendship. Mm. Love it. Aww. Aww. Um, if you hug, if do you hug him and then kind of rush away to go do your thing? I think he stops for a second and then says, "I think I need to go do something." Yep. So I will tell you that so I don't just run away and oh, ignore your feelings. Yep, you are taking this to its extremes, but bud, that is better than the opposite. Thanks. I am, said, you know, working it out. Equation. That's good. Got to figure it You're out. You're there. And then he starts walking away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did I get? You hear a voice in your in in the back of your head, Marco. Um, you that was all very touching, but you didn't about the thing. Yes, yes. Um, I was going to get Ravnus and Luckbeak together, but I wanted uh, to okay. mend my relationship first and then get us together to work out the, the ship thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Carry on. 
All right then. Sorry for backstreet. Um, backstreet. Backstreet's back. back. All right. Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for backseat driving. No, don't don't worry, Sai. I mean, believe me, I've been thinking about this too. It's just I had to fix that, and now we can get Ravnus and um, Flapwing together, and we can we can work out a plan. But I also have to think about friendship. But that's irrelevant to right now what we're talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Um, so, Luckbeak, you go back to your quarters and you find a little wood carving on your hammock painted to kind of look like a halfling. Um, and then there's a note that says, I'm sorry, and signed Ravness. Okay. I I walk upstairs. Um, let's see. Let me look at this map again. Yeah, I walk upstairs to the main battery. Mm-hmm. And I knock on Tiana's door. Okay. Uh, she opens it and she when she sees you, she smiles and, and waves. Um She she'll sign to you immediately. How are you doing? Uh I sign back, can I kiss you? She looks shocked and then nods. Cool. I do that. Uh, And then I sign, um, I really want to talk about a lot of things with you. Can I come in? She nods and gestures for you to come in. Ravnus is unintentionally a great wingman. (laughs) I saw the halfling and instead of going like, oh, Ravnus, I went, fuck, yeah. What am I doing not talking to Tiana? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I will come find uh, you later, Ravnus. <laughs> Marco. Yes. You find Ravnus sometime later. Yeah, I think um a little bit later, like probably like while Ravnus is just kind of going about her daily business, Marco's just gonna come walking in and be like, Ravnus, um, I need to talk to you real quick. Um, with also Luckbeak. Flapwing? Luckbeak? Luck l- we'll go with Luckbeak for now. <laughs> He says that under his breath. <laughs> okay. Um, and kind of pulls you along and then goes looking for Luckbeak. We could yeah, say this is after. Totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, you find me chilling in the crew quarters with a big smile on my face and reading a book. Mm. <laughs> All right. For point of reference, should I call you Flapwing or Luckbeak? <sighs> you know, I think Flapwing is going to do. Okay. Um, Ravnus, you hear Luckbeak's voice is different. Yeah, she's probably gonna raise an eyebrow at that. Um, real quick, we need to have a conversation about the, and then I kind of look at Ravnus and say the squids. Yeah, Ravnus will will nod um, <laughs> and look very serious, <laughs> like yes, we do. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this for a while now. I would pull them off to kind of a more like secluded area just so there's no prying ears to hear like we're gonna go to war with like the gif or something um <laughs> <laughs> wow those three really hate the gif <laughs> what did that lock guy do to them <laughs> <laughs> he was sultry okay he couldn't handle it <laughs> so uh marco is going to pull them and say so cyrus and i had a conversation and Cyrus came up with an hypothesis on why we can see the Nautiloids but everybody else can't. He thinks 
it has something to do with a very powerful modified memory that's able to be cast just during the moment of microprocessing to get the information into their minds and then it gets altered before they can process what's even happening. But to be on this scale is wild and monumental and I can't... Okay, stay on, to stay, stay on topic. Um, the Bahanath, the, the creature that um, Adam Rainslade had very similar abilities, but to be on the scale is wild. But the point being the fact the three of us, for reasons that we're not entirely sure, are shielded from this. And I think that I could have an answer for this. And that is if I get to that library. So, I need help from you two to convince Val that we need to go to the library. And it's not just for my own needs. If there is a thing that can affect people on this scale and nautiloids can act without being noticed, I mean, the, all of Crot space is in danger. So it's... I'm, I'm coming to ask, can you please try to help me convince Val that I can get to the library and figure out what's going on. Can Ravnus make, like, a check to see if she can sort of, like, glean some more information or, like, how probable this sounds? Yeah, make um, an Arcana check. With advantage, because Ooh. you're Githyanki training. With advantage? I'm gonna use Luck Beats D20 mm -hmm. for, for my God damn advantage. it, I want that D20. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that is 12 plus 3 is 15. Okay. Um, you've not heard of the squids doing anything like this, especially not to this scale, but you wouldn't put it past them if they could figure something like this out. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ravnus is going to nod and say, um, what's the plan for convincing her? I, see, that's what I really need all of us to work out, because A... Because of me, and I accept that I, I fucked up here, said Adam could be at this shipyard that we don't know where it is. On top of that, we cannot say that it's because of Nautiloids or Illithids because it will just get transferred over to GIF or something else and just make us seem racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's put our heads together here. I mean, you all are better at communicating with people than I am. How can we convince... Val, to forgo this shipyard to get to this library. Where where are they right now? You are uh, somewhere in transit uh, between Nadir Anchorage across the system. Well, to... no, I, I I mean on the oh ship. on the ship. Uh, <laughs> I, I probably dragged him. I will off give you celestial like... coordinates of exactly where you are in crot space. <laughs> um. I don't know why my mind jumped to that scale. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, where do you guys want to have this conversation? I said, I think I would have dragged them off to just a quiet place where someone's not just going to overhear me saying everything. So right. maybe like the, uh, where do you store the gunpowder? That's in the main battery right outside the head. Yeah, I figured that that probably wouldn't be in use right now because of we're not shooting cannons. Correct. So probably there anybody passing to go to the restroom though we'll walk through there but is there anyone in the in the restroom right now you listen for the sound of tinkling um <laughs> <laughs> well is the door open <laughs> no it's, the door's uh, not open <laughs> it's Antonin Badeau he's still going <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> after holding it for so long uh no it doesn't seem like anyone's there 
Okay. Okay. Does it seem like no one's there? Or can we tell that no one's there? I mean, you could check the head, and there's no one in the head. Okay. Um, I'll just pile into the head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ravnus is is going to say, sort of like under her breath, and she's like, "Well, if it comes down to it, I mean," and she sort of like gestures vaguely in the direction of uh, like Val's uh, cabin and like the uh, um, where they like control the ship. Not mutiny, part two, electric. <laughs> not not mutiny, but a little bit as a treat. <laughs> are we are we talking about mutiny? Why is that everyone's first? I didn't say we should try that first. I said if it comes down to it. Ormond is rolling does, over in his grave. <laughs> this, this does seem important. It is fair. Look, that is fair. That it is, we, we probably should take them. Yes. Um, you're so right, we should Ravnus. try other things first. So the first thing I could think of is to lie to her and say that we could potentially, and we, it's still possible that we could, find information about the shipyard, the Napago shipyard, at the library. But even then, I tried that before, and the distance was enough to scare her away. So... Yeah, that's hard. Well, what is Val like more than her dad anything I mean if the answer is no then we're not going to be able to do anything if I might make a suggestion you Marco you hear in your ear yeah what is it Sai? anything you tell to her that is directly related to the Elithids will get filtered out by whatever effect this is but if you are vague and simply ask her to trust you that it is important, would that work? I suppose it could, but I guess it's how much she trusts us and also how much she... Well... Marco says that aloud in front of you guys after a brief pause. <laughs> uh, so so I, I can infer that what? Cyrus is probably suggesting to you to just tell her to go there, right? Yes, and keep things keep things vague. Um, just saying to trust us. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess it's worth a shot. But I mean, we get, we right now have trust us. Shipyard is less important, and mutiny. Well, <laughs> soft mutiny. So we got like three not great options. Well, let's. There should probably be another thing in between trust us and mutiny. I mean, trust us kind of eliminates all of the underhanded methods, right? Like, I mean, uh, this is silly, but... Who do you think that Val would trust the most out of the three of us? I mean, she's she's going to trust us. I mean, we just talked about it, and we have information that she doesn't, and we are the link between kind of her and her dad at this point, so... If we tell her there's information there that we need before we go to, you know, this other location, then we're going to go there first. I mean, we'd be lying to her. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, um, it wouldn't be the first time I've done it. I'm comfortable. How about the rest of y'all? Um, fuck it. Why not? Um, and if it all push comes to shove, Ravnus has rope. Ravnus, <laughs> I like pointedly make eye contact with you. I'm going to say, um, I want to make sure you're comfortable with this. I know you're not the best liar in the world. 
if you want, Marco and I can take point. And if you're just not comfortable in general, that's fine too. We'll figure out another method. Rabbis is just thinking that she just fooled the shit out of Scrid <laughs> like a day ago. Yeah. <laughs> Roundness is feeling confident in her lying abilities. Um, but she's going to say, all right, I, I'll stay in the back and stay quiet. And if, if there's something I can do, I guess I'll try it. But you two should probably take lead on this. Ravnus kicks down the door and is just like, there's a fucking dwarven conspiracy and we gotta get to the library. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just with pure confidence. All right, so let's... No time like the present. Let's let's do this. All right. Uh, When Marco leaves, I'm gonna grab Ravnus for a second and say like, uh, hey, um, I got your thing and I hold up the, the figurine. Um... Uh, and I say, uh, that was really nice of you. And I'm, I don't know if you have questions for me or not, but Flapwing is uh, fine if that's what you want to call me. And I'm sorry I lied to you for so long. Um, she shrugs and um, she says, it's it's fine. I figure everyone around here probably has a fake name. Okay. And when I was drifting out into space, things just... It seemed silly to end a friendship over. Well, I, 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 I want to start listening to you more and respecting you, so hopefully this conversation demonstrated that. And, uh, yeah, that's it. This is mushy and, and silly, so never mind. Let's follow Marco, huh? Yeah. And uh, she's going to follow Marco. Okay, so um, you guys follow Marco to Val's quarters? I think so. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's where we're going. Okay, so you get to Val's quarters. Come in. I uh, open the door and I say, uh, Val, do you have a moment to to talk? Uh, You see that Val is sitting there with Johannes, who has some charts spread out across her table. Hey, he does live. (laughs) He's there. (laughs) And she goes, yes, yes, come on in. I was just speaking to Johannes. He believes that he has pinned down the location of this Nafpigos shipyard you were speaking of. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Johannes, if you do not mind, um, we'd like to have this conversation in private, if that's okay. Johannes looks between the two and goes, fine by me. Thanks, Johannes. And he'll hop down off of his chair and scurry his way out. Okay, um, so, Val, um, it's going to be weird to say, and I'm not really sure how to say it, but I'm going to try this the best that I can, and I need you to kind of trust me. Okay. She says, kind of glancing between the three of you. I recently came into some information, thanks to a variety of very valuable sources, and... I think that there is something that could be very dangerous on the horizon, something very big, and I can't adequately explain what that is, because it is a very complex answer. But I absolutely need to get to the library that we talked about earlier. It is a matter of cosmic proportions. You to trust me on this, that's all I can kind of give right now. 
okay? Is it just a matter of me not being able to un- understand the magical mumbo-jumbo of it all, or...? Something I'm, like that. I am that. a little confused, but, I mean, clearly this is important. Something like that. Um, there have been some odd happenings that we've been seeing around the galaxy, and I think it's connected to something very big. Um, something that has to do with very, very powerful magic that can do wonderful, magnificent things, but at the same time terrifying if in the wrong hands. And it's exceptionally complex, I can't really answer that, but we need to get there now. Which means I need you to delay going to the Nuffpigo shipyards for just a little bit to get me there. Okay. Because it is time-sensitive. I want you to make a persuasion check. You can have advantage, because you made some good arguments. However, um... If anyone would like to add to the argument, I can give you an additional plus five Please? instead of super advantage. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll say, uh, Val, we, wait, hold on. Val, we, um, I know this is big, but there are some things that you're just going to have to trust us on, right? Like you said earlier. This is important. Go ahead and make your roll, Marka. All right. So that's now a plus seven. Well, for me, I have a plus two. Yeah. But it, plus it, five. It, you have that. advantage. All right. Here we go. A 22. Val will kind of steeple her fingers in front of her. And you said it's important. Val. And you know how important finding my father is to me. Yes. So if you're telling me that this is more important than that, then it must be pretty damn important. Val, let me put it to you this way. I would never dare take you away from your father unless I was certain that it was incomprehensibly more important. Val thinks a second, and she grabs a bottle of whiskey and pours herself a shot, downs it back. All right. All right, I guess. Enough Pygos will be there when we get there. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um... I have a lot to do, so I'm going to go and do that. Um, you are all my friends, and I'm going to go work now. And he kind of goes out the door. Yeah, as as you get halfway the door, Val will say, And Marco! What? Yes? This is your mission, so when we get there, you're in charge. I don't know what we're there for. So, don't fuck it up. Marco kind of looks and is like, I've, I'm in charge? Oh, that is a weird feeling. And then <laughs> keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> the next few days of travel come and go, and you eventually arrive at the Den of a Thousand Dragons, which, as you approach it, doesn't look like one planet, but thousands of asteroids, all within close proximity, close enough that they all share a collective atmosphere. As you fly into them, you see some are stone and rock, and some have verdant flora just overgrowing them. Some are just spheres of undulating water. Then as you fly into this cluster and enter the atmosphere, the Voidfarer's envelope dissipates and you get a fresh breeze. And the sky around the ship slowly gradients to a blue. So now that you are flying in an endless blue sky in all directions amongst 
thousands and thousands of asteroids that are floating within very close proximity to one another. And you can actually see a settlement up ahead where there are already some rope bridges that actually string a couple of these asteroids together. And it appears that this is where the Pragmatic Order of Thought is setting up their new settlement. And you see the ship come in to a dock that juts directly off a cliffside of an asteroid. And you pull in and you see that there is another ship docked there already. And it is a damaged smoldering husk. But there are otherwise people moving about. But it looks like whatever this last ship was barely limped itself to the dock. Ooh. Antonin Badeau bursts out onto the deck. Ah, it's good to be here at last. He has his sack over his shoulder, his his big ornate crossbow strapped to his back, and he goes to step off the ship, but then sees you, Luckbeak, and walks up to you. Takes a moment, thinks about it for a second, and goes, my apologies, Luckbeak. See, I finally got your name right. Oh. My apologies for the misunderstanding earlier about all of that. It's... I understand now it was a doppelganger and I may have jumped just to some extreme reactions, but I just wanted to lend my apologies. I didn't want to leave on a note that would sour relationships with myself and the pragmatic order of thought. How much money do you have? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? I mean, an apology is not great. Ten gold is great. He cocks an eyebrow and reaches into his pocket and he will give you a platinum piece. Hell yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Man, we should try that one more often. I I nod sagely and say, I accept your apology. (laughs) I am relieved. He should have pulled that on Marco earlier. But anyway, he goes down to leave. And you see um, now on the dock, as all of the supplies and stuff begin being unloaded, you see that there is some dock workers that seem to be surveying the smoldering, damaged wreckage of this ship. Um, I think Marco would, curiosity would just get the better of him. Um, he would approach one of the dock workers. Excuse me, um, what happened here? What, 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 what caused this? The dock worker will turn to you and she'll say, Oh, our last transport in ran into some trouble. You guys seem to have fared much better, so perhaps their patrol has eased off? Uh, whose patrol? The Pirates of Gith. Pirates of Gith? Ravnus, I think you're close enough that you overhear that. Yep. <laughs> I was just about to ask. Her ears uh, perk up. And um, because Ravnus is like, well, she's like, I guess slightly more charismatic than not. She sort of like starts to uh, make her way over there, but tries not to uh, act like she's super interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dock worker will say, yeah, um, new to the system, I guess. They've attacked a couple of our shipments coming in. This only just happened yesterday. Ravnus is going to sort of pull her cloak hood over her head. <laughs> For very chill reasons. <laughs> <laughs> very chill reasons. <laughs> yeah, this dock worker has her back to you, Ravnus, so she doesn't. She didn't even notice you at all because Marco is standing on the other side of her. Mm-hmm. 
Marco's like, hey, keep looking at me over here for a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't look over there. <laughs> yeah, she'll look at you, Marco, and say, is there anything else I can help you with? Oh, no, um, good job. <laughs> best best of work on the docks today, and he's going to keep moving on. Strange. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Yeah, so as you guys are just standing there waiting for things to get unloaded, and you also know that um, the ship is being restocked here as part of the agreement that Val made with the Pragmatic Order, um, that they'll, the Voidfarer will be stocked up to head directly to their next destination from here. You hear a voice come down from the docks. Is there someone named Luckbeak Humboldt here? Oh, man. Uh, I've got a message for Luckbeak Humboldt. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. You see that there is a small human boy in like a newspaper cap and like brown overalls. Uh, he's still taller. Than uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes, this is very weird. I don't know. We never get messages here, but this is for you. I don't know why there's little lines around your name, but who's who's this from? He just hands you the sheet of paper and it does, in fact, say to luck be humble. And there are quotes uh... around luck be humble. <laughs> okay, uh, I thank him, and uh, I open the letter. All right, you open the letter, and it says, I hope you have enjoyed all these fun and games, but I think it's high time the games come to an end. Perhaps it's time for a little shopping trip. And as the wind kind of blows, you can see that this message is written on the back of something something else is on like printed on the back uh-huh. of this i flip it over paper you see that it is a flyer and it says chinstrap mercantile grand opening of the brand new purveyor of wild space wares at nadir anchorage 10 percent off all purchases for the first week one person per visit and additional restrictions apply and you see like stylized art filigree around the outside and a stylized depiction of a family of Doar standing proudly in front of a shop front. Okay. Well, uh, I, uh, wow. <laughs> um, shit. I, I crumple it up and uh, where, where was the, the location? Nadir Anchorage. Okay. Um, I say, uh, I I turn to the other two and I say, I have to go. The the kid's holding out his hand for a tip. Oh, I give him a platinum piece. <laughs> he goes, whoa! <laughs> Thanks, mister! <laughs> he like takes a bite and like goes, ow! Holds his mouth and then tucks it in his pocket and scampers <laughs> off. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what? I, uh, I have to go. Um... I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'll 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 let you guys know uh, uh, when I'm on my way back and that everything is okay and uh, I have to go. Is there anything that we can do to help? I mean, come. No. Uh, Ravnus is going to look skeptical. I know that this is something you want to do, but there's pirates in the area. No, I, I know this isn't something I want to do, Ravnus. This is something I have to do. Luckbeak, you look around, and the only other ship here is a smoldering wreck. Uh, then I, uh, I look at my gun at my side, and, uh, I'm gonna wait till everybody's off the void fair. <laughs> no, I can't do that. I can't steal the fucking void. 
Can I steal the board? Yes,、bear? you can. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to fly, but you could try. <laughs> God. Really, the only way off of this planet is to leave with the Voidfarer at least some of the way.、Um, none of these ships are going to work. The Voidfarer is—I mean, it's going to be a while going back to Nadir, and this other ship is not going to make it. And listen, is there—you're going to Nadir?、Um, what I—what I know is the—is Nadir on the way towards the thing, towards the library? You are on the opposite of the system from Nadir. Literally, anywhere else you're going to go is going to be. At least partially back. Well, what if we could get you close enough that you can? Yeah, I can figure it out. Okay. Um. So, and listen, we can get to the the, the library, and we'll get you back to Nadir, and we will do what we can. Okay. 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 Oh boy. All right. We we have to get this done, and um, I guess I'll go back with you guys when when this is all over. But let's make this quick. Okay. Okay. So、um, the Voidfarer finishes unloading the supplies for the Pragmatic Order and restocks on their necessary provisions, and then takes off for Adilphos, which is the planet where the library is located. Marco, yes. Later that evening,、uh, it's now nighttime. Most everybody's gone to bed, and you're left thinking about the conversations that you had over the last few days. I think that I'm going to make my way back to the bow of the ship and kind of stare off into the stars. Take a moment, grab my arcane focus, and I will cast sending、uh, with the following message: "Hello, Hannah. I am sorry it has taken me this long to contact you, but I'm alive, and、um, I have a wonderful story to tell you, my friend." And that's my twenty-five words. You cast the spell, and you speak those words. Words leave your lips. The spell fails. Oh no, Nicholas! <laughs> Make an Arcana check. Oh shit! That was a nat twenty. A nat twenty? Yeah. So that is a twenty-eight.、Uh, yeah. You know how this spell works, and for it to fail, even if the target was on another plane of existence, it still has a ninety-five percent chance of success.、Mm-hmm. The only other way the spell would fail that you know of is that the recipient is no longer alive. So Marco, like his eyes go wide for a second, and he starts processing this, and he starts like the cogs, the wheels start turning. And he's just gonna start crying, like I mean, just tears breaking out, like heaving, as he just kind of collapses to the ground. There's a soft thud next to you, and a hand pats your shoulder, and it's Scuttlebutt. Marco just wraps his like arms around like Scuttlebutt's waist and just holds onto him.
what a downer with <laughs> Nicholas. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh my god. You're the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. In a city forever in the throes of the battle of good versus evil, a new team of heroes is arising. Follow the action-packed adventures of superheroic teens, Limelight, Juno, Jackrabbit, Blazar, and Strawvix as they uncover corruption, fight the bad guys, and defend their high score at the arcade. A new generation is rising in Halcyon City. The team is standing on the shoulders of giants, and they have a long way to fall. Fables Around the Table Super premieres July 28th wherever you get your podcasts. But I don't know, maybe this will be relatable for other people, where it'll be like, you'll realize, like, something was, like, a really beloved childhood, like, film or show or whatever, but, like, you didn't really properly experience the original, you just experienced, like, the weird knockoff or derivative version, and uh-huh. you're like, haha, yes, I know what you're talking about, but in <laughs> your soul, you're dying a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> Similar phenomenon, um... I don't believe I have individual recollections of any of the Land Before Time movies. I just uh, remember them as we have like a lot of them. One Tom's mom gave us all of them. <laughs> gelatinous memory of Land Before Time, <laughs> and I could not tell you what happens in any individual one of them. I just had them all and seen them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's about right. I like that term, gelatinous memory. That's how some of these things yeah. feel. <laughs> Check out patreon.com slash project derailed and subscribe at the $7 tier for more derailed off the rails. Projectderailed.com. I mean, Tanner, can you say, uh, uh, can you say I'm a purple cockatoo? I'm a purple, I'm a purple cockatoo. Yeah. See, like I just did your voice. Wasn't that great? (laughs) 